Well, we're continuing the series of interviewing the uh, councillors on the West Northamptonshire Council who have cabinet responsibility. That's to say that they are responsible for key areas of the council services. And I'm delighted to welcome now Councillor David Smith, the cabinet member for community safety, uh, engagement and regulatory services, which is quite a mouthful. So we'll go into what all that means in a minute, uh, David, but many thanks for coming on the show to um, to talk to us. Um, yeah, that's a that's a wide brief you've got there by the sound of it. Huge, yes, yes. Um, you need a large business card to fit the title on, let alone anything else. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a big um, big um, portfolio. Um, I mean, we've only got ten members of the cabinet, so there was there's a lot to get spread across those just those ten members. Of course, the, the structural changes order. Um, so the terms in which we were engaged was that you could only have ten cabinet members. So such is life. Really? Uh, would other counties have a similar number then, or would they um, have more? I, I, do you know what? I don't know. I mean, I do. All I know is, you know, the, the structure in which we were were set up as as the new unitary. So that would be the same up the north as well. Okay. Now your area. So let's break it down. Community safety, which I guess yeah. covers all sorts of things like antisocial behaviour, serious right through to serious violence. Absolutely. Um, Community engagement, so that's what's good, making sure good citizenships, I suppose, making sure we do our and play our part, right? Yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and regulatory services, which we'll go into, but that, uh, from my homework, is licensing and environment and, uh, is it true, buildings and health come under it as well? Yeah, so you've got building control, you've got um, environmental health, you've got trading standards. Um, yeah, it's that's, that's, that's a broad area as well, so food safety and all sorts. So you don't get involved in the day to day, but you have strategic oversight of those areas. So who reports to you, or you know, who are the what's the structure within the council of the the full time officers that uh, manage these issues? So we've we've got um, there's um, the exec director. So you've got um, exec director would be um, a great guy called Stuart Timmis. Um, mm. So he and I have a lot of interaction around um, regulatory services and things. And then um, uh, Lisa Hyde, and um, who's, who's an interim at the moment, um, who's on the community side. Um, so that is, you know, that's my interaction. But to be honest, the the way that it works is a lot of interaction with assistant directors as well. Um, so whilst it, you know, I'm not doing it, it's the overseeing, and there's a lot of interaction um, and, and good, you know, good good relationships between elected members um, and officers, which I think is key. I think that's been one of the things that's really stood out for me um, in this in in the new unitary. Um, previously, I was a um, councillor on Daventry District Council, uh, a much smaller council, obviously, um, and uh, coming to the big boys' school, if you like, as a, as a unitary. Mm. Um, it, uh, I was pleasantly surprised uh, on how well it's worked and um, and also particularly across the, the 10 cabinet members as well. Um, the, the interaction across the cabinet is is excellent. Okay, so you've been in politics then for, for how long? I was elected originally in 2014 um, for what was then the Whedon Ward um, on Daventry District Council um, and... Uh, was on the planning committee, which was a that was a that was a great thing to to get involved in and learnt a lot. Um, and I was um, kindly invited to be the chair of um, Daventry District Council in 2019-2020. Mm. Um, and what so, yeah. what possessed you to get into politics then? Um, good question. Um, well, 
how can you put it rather than sit there moaning about it over a pint of beer <laughs> um uh, partially but um you know i firmly believe that your, your your home doesn't end at your doorstep you know it's your community and it's such an important thing um and um i wanted to try and make a difference you know make some make some change um and um yeah hold hold to account if we can you know it's it's get a degree of influence to make things better so that mm-hmm. was essentially it it was you know the community's bit that was really that that drove me yeah and uh, so now you're not you don't have um a parish uh role as well right you just no i'm not a, i'm not a parish councillor i mean we've got huge in my i'm my i represent the uh woodford and weeden ward and um, we've got i think around 17 villages um so a lot of parishes so no not a parish councillor um Obviously, attend parish councils as and when you can, yeah. um, which can be a big, big challenge um, with the cabinet position because so many meetings clash. Um, but um, I'm, I'm very, very lucky to have another two ward councillors who are very supportive and understanding as well. Yeah. Um, so so is, yeah. is is this political career then? Is it full time for you, or you know what what percentage of the working week are you dedicated to um, to council work? Um, it's, I think it's fair to say some, some weeks every day, Saturday and Sundays included. Um, so, um, I, I made a conscious decision when I was offered a cabinet position to, to, to not do my full-time role. So I, I own a, a, a small business involved in, um, in shoes and, uh, cycling apparel and all things. Um, and was going through the process of restructuring that. And, uh, when I was offered a cabinet position, I, I made a decision that, if I wanted to do something well, I could do just one thing. So I, I took the choice with discussion with my wife. Um, this is my thinking. Um, what do we think? And um, so, yeah, this is my full-time occupation and a very rewarding one it is too. Okay, but you, you're, you're paid a fixed amount, whether you do it in two days or five days. Is that right? Or, or yeah. are, is there flexibility in terms of how you're rewarded for the role? No, not at all. So there's there's uh, there's a, a basic councillor's allowance and there's a special responsibility um, allowance. Um, so that's it. Um, so it's it, you know, it's nice to receive something, and it, it does mean that um, whilst it wouldn't necessarily be that that I would enjoy as a salary in in in, um, in business, um, it's it's sufficient to, to to pay for my sandwiches and things um, and, and and some. Um, so uh, yeah, this it's it's it covers some expenses. Um, okay. So before you um, became a politician, then you know what's been your career path uh, up to then? Because I think people are always interested in you. Know, how did you get to where you are? How did I get to where I am? Well, I, to a certain extent, I suppose you could say I'm a bit of a serial entrepreneur. Um, that's probably because I'm to a degree um, uh, unemployable. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Um, but uh, so I started off, I attended um, various schools in Northampton. So I was brought up in Northampton, um, went to the boys school, then went on to Malton Agricultural College, uh, got a relatively low level um, qualification there in agriculture uh, and then got involved in the software business, but not so much the software, the actual development of software, but the manufacturing of software. So where you would end up with the with the media item, which back in those days was floppy disks and all the manuals and what have you that went with it. Um, was involved in that for many uh, a number of years um, in its various iterations on media right the way through to CDs and DVDs and things. Um, and then um, in the late 90s, I got involved in the wine business. Um, and um, in the early 2000s, I moved to France for, I think, four years um, and uh, ran a vineyard of all things. 
Amazing. Um, then returned from that, got involved in the media business for a short period of time. Then um, I had a big career change. I was always, it's always essentially in sales and marketing, but I um, got involved in retail security. And um, again, me being uh, uh, entrepreneurial, I saw a product in Canada, um, which was a, a device to secure mobile phones in the retail environment. And um, it was essentially as a clamp that went around the phones mm. and um, launched that business. Um, so I was a minority shareholder with a Canadian company and um, launched that in 2011. And I was bought out in 2014. Um, huge success. We uh, secured the lights of Carphone Warehouse, Vodafone in Spain, Vodafone in Italy. Um, yeah, it was a very interesting time. I probably, I probably um, responsible for changing a whole industry because prior to these clamps being around telephones in shops, they were just had like a telephone curly cable um, stuck on the back of the, of the device, which just mm. didn't work. Mm. So um, and then, um, yeah, more recently, um, yeah, got involved in um, the shoe business of all things. Okay, well, I think that shows, uh, as you say, entrepreneurial streaks, but has lived. You've lived in the real world and the real business world very much. So, what was the biggest thing you learned in the wine industry? Uh, <laughs> if you want to make a million pounds, you need to start with ten, <laughs> ten million. That is. Um, but what else? Did I, I, I learned a tremendous lot, a tremendous amount, really. Um, I mean, that was a whole massive learning curve. I mean, it was that's something you know. Essentially, you are a soft fruit farmer, so very precarious. Um, environment to to operate um but it, it was it was you know if you like it was from the from the field to the to the your concept the concept almost to the consumer so it's the whole thing mm. so very exciting um and um you know it, it was it certainly brought together a lot of the skill sets that I've, I've been lucky enough to pick up over the years um but uh yeah it's a it's sometimes a very scary um very scary uh industry you know when you you you're looking at the weather reports coming through and you're expecting hail and that could just strip all your vines of their flowers. Those flowers are what becomes, as you know, Adrian, the grapes. Yeah. No, I, well, I, I do know. I don't know if my listeners are aware. My wife's family have a small winery uh, near Barcelona and um, I have lived through hailstones where my father-in-law had to rush out and put rockets in the sky to set off rockets so that the clouds would pass over and then there was this chain of rockets across the whole valley I mean, it is an interesting industry, but you you bought then you bought what a a, a a sort of farmhouse and the land. I mean, how, how big was was so we had, we we had um so fifty acres or twenty hectares um yeah and uh, it was in the Entre de Mer region of France. So uh, what came with that was a house, um, some stainless steel tanks, a press, uh, and some storage equipment and things. Um, for the wine, obviously tractors and and all the paraphernalia that comes out of sprayers. Um, but interestingly, the um, the, the property that, that we purchased was um, supplying all its wine, all its grapes rather, in bulk to the carved cooperative. So the cooperative, so it would go in with everybody else's. Mm. Um, but uh, we commercialised the business. We took it. We took that, you know, the, the winery, um, and uh, relaunched it. Pushed into the UK market, and. Um, yeah, did uh, did okay. Won a few medals, won a silver in the International Wine Challenge, um, which was something I'm very proud of. Mm -hmm. um, bronze and a couple of medals, I think one or two medals in the Concours de Paris, which is again another wine competition. You know, that's 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 encouraging because you know it's people who know what they're doing, um, you know, in, in judging blind tasting wines. And um, when yeah. you're successful, it's you know it's a great a great um, great accolade. 
Um, well, no, I can I can imagine indeed. Uh, so you 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 produced your your own brand basically. You bottled your own wines and produced your own brand with the labels on. Yep, yep. The whole the whole shebang. Yes, yes. So we didn't have didn't have bottling on the on site. Is that something where you would have? Um, well, we're harvesting and bottling. So harvesting is interesting. So they, the harvesting would be done mechanically. Uh, and they would come down from the cognac region. So obviously, it just follows the ripening of the grapes. Mm. Um, and then you have a bottling plant arrives on a great 40 foot um, trailer on the back of you know, a tractor unit um, lorry and um, it goes through its bottling um, and uh, labelling and then it uh, sits on things called paloxes which I'm sure you're familiar with where you've got bulk um, bulk bottled wine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. now tremendous well, so why did you Stop that then. I mean, do you still have an interest in it, or did you just sell the whole property as well? No, as just business? just just sold out. It was. It's. It, I'll be honest. It's an expensive business to be in. Um, and it, there was a number of factors. I mean, one of the factors was was we, we've got um, you know, got a good few friends out there, a lot of Brits and things, and um, so many of their kids were um having this idyllic childhood, and then coming back to the UK, and that was that was one of the decisions, you know, um, to to um to come back. But there's a multitude of things, you know. You miss, you know, as, as great as it is, you mm. still miss home and things. So it was a, it was a very interesting chapter, that's for sure. <laughs> Do you speak French now? Sorry. Do you speak French? No, now? no. My both my daughters uh, are fluent in French um, and a couple of other languages as well. Um, no, I, I, I took the line of least resistance. Um, I was the boss, so I just made sure whoever I hired could speak English. <laughs> very good. Okay, so you've demonstrated very adequately that you've got sort of real world, real life, and real business experience, which I think means that you know you 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 can empathise with the uh, the citizens in in many ways. In terms of the responsibilities you have, then what are the biggest issues or challenges? You know, what keeps you up at, at night, or what? And what would the um, listeners be shouting at the radio now, saying, "Go on, ask him this. I'm really worried about that." Uh, so, I mean, a number of things. I mean, I think the 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 escalation. Um, of, of serious violence and things. I think that's been a huge concern of mine. Um, and um, to try and do something about that, you know, to, for us to, to um, direct um, or, or, or guide um, our younger people into, you know, there, there's other pathways. Um, so, you know, that is a big concern of mine. Of mine. The, 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 any sort of serious violence, of course, is everybody's concern. I mean, it, you know, let's this, this not get it, let's not be, get it, you know, not be wrong here. You know, we were far more danger getting into our motor cars every day to drive somewhere than we are to come across um, violent crime and, and knife crime. But um, that said, it happens. And um, that, so that was one thing that was concerned me. I have a huge passion to, to drive um, change as far as that's concerned. You know whether it be through engagement, education, diversion, of course, and ultimately it's enforcement and things. But you know we need to our young people if they're disenfranchised or they they don't see a future, then that's a problem. And I think it's for us to to, to help mm. um, change people's minds. And uh, you know to a certain extent, it is sort of changed, change the thought, change the feeling. Um, so very passionate about that. It's, whilst it doesn't keep me awake at night, not not much does to be honest. Um, but you know in my waking hours. <laughs> It is is most concerning, and um, who would be you know, shouting at the radio is um yeah probably people fly tipping and, and littering and things you know it's it might be you know people may regard it as relatively low level but it has an effect on us all it's a bit like having a bad knee that you know you get around on it but you're constantly aware of it mm. um so I think that's that's certainly one 
um, and you know people need to you know, appreciate um, you know if they see people doing it you know report it because you know it's it's they're lifting pounds out of your pocket because we have to go and clear it up. Yeah, no, very much so. I, I'm just amazed, and I think we had this chat with Phil Larratt as well, your colleague, Councillor Phil Larratt. Um, you know, what is it that people just don't understand? Dropping litter, dropping litter here, there, and everywhere, you know. Where very often it's so easy just to take it home. I mean, the football pitches near me in Lings on a Sunday, when I walk the dog the next morning, it's just terrible what's left behind. You know, why on earth do people not realize that somebody has to clear it up and it's somebody else and it'll cost money? Um, I yeah. don't get it, unfortunately. The, the charity sector, I see, does that come under you in terms of yes, volunteering? Yes, yes, yeah. So and that must be an interesting area to, to oversee. Massively so, and and certainly proud of the people of, of West Northamptonshire who who dedicate so much of their time on a voluntary basis, you know, for so many different good causes. I mean, and there are so many good causes. Um, I mean, even that's one. You know, we've, we've had the uh, um, what is it two years ago now, where we had the terrible happenings in in um, Afghanistan, and we um, hosted. We had two. Um, bridging hotels here in West Northamptonshire and the communities around those, how they supported the um, the residents or guests in those hotels is, is quite unbelievable. Mm. Um, just so very proud in and any encouragement I can do and thanks to all those people um, who've done just done so much, but there's, there's so many great things going on in, in, in West Northamptonshire. Um, and often it's, you know, we you pick up some of the some of the newspapers and it's all doom and despondency. But you know, there's a lot of great things going on here and something we should be proud of. Yeah, no, very much so. I mean, the voluntary service is something that I'm involved with, as as you know. Uh, I, you know, the community foundation won an award last night. They're going to their awards next week. It is really quite amazing. And COVID did definitely stir something, didn't it, of collaboration and compassion and care amongst the population and you know businesses working with the charity sector as well. Has that has that sustained itself, or has it slipped back now that we're back to normal? Um, I think I think there's there's, there's a much thicker the golden thread running through everything um, than we saw prior to, to COVID. Um, there's more. I think there's more of a sensitivity. Okay, sometimes you might need to give it a good shove to 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 get things moving again. But no, there's there's you know there, I think COVID well COVID changed everything, and I think in a positive way. Um, you know, even for the voluntary sector, the, some of the challenges it went through. Um, yeah, it's yeah. I think it continues, but of course, you know, the voluntary sector and and, and community work and charities and things. You know, it's changing all the time, isn't it? And of course, it's it's always chasing the money, yeah. which can be challenging. So, you know, I think as a local authority, I think we need to become more of a um, facilitator in assisting organisations to raise funds. Um, as opposed to being looked at, because you know, we, you know, we you know, sadly we're not, we don't have masses and masses of money for, for mm. different projects. But what we've got is great skill sets where we can help organisations possibly build bids to, for funding externally, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's very much that it's, it's teaching to fish or giving a fish. Yeah, indeed. Well, we can perhaps have a discussion about that offline. There's a, I'm involved in a project around the serious violence and youth violence uh, in particular. But let's just, you mentioned early on, um, you know, West Northamptonshire is doing really well. So what's your view on Unitree? Clearly, you were a local politician before Unitree. You were part of the um, 
rather negative uh, experience we went through with the, effectively the county, the old county council going into special measures or bankruptcy, whatever. So how do you think um, Unitary is working out? Um, let's say that David's a converted man. Um, certainly running into this, you know, I was, was, was not um, was not a fan of Unitary. Um, I could see some of its advantages, but, you know, I hadn't gone through it. You know, it'd been involved in a small district council in, in Daventry District. But, hey, let's look at it, you know, two and a half years on. I think it's I think it's working well. I think it is actually the right thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I was very negative about it, but I've changed my mind. So the, the man was for turning, um, <laughs> definitely. Um and uh, yeah, I'm encouraged by it. It's it's um, yeah, a lot has been done um, in in a relatively short period. Um, and uh, you know, often I think you know people don't think that living council doing this or not doing that. Um, but I mean, looking out from the inside, yeah, I, I think people can be um, don't be too concerned. I mean, obviously there's challenges with with money, so, so there always is. Um, but I think we're 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 not in bad shape. You know, we've still got we've still got some distance to go but mm. um we're getting there uh, and uh, you are a member of the conservative party because you you know that is the controlling um party in the town and the county well west north Hants as well so how do you think you're doing on the national stage as a conservative party <laughs> good question um well it doesn't look too good at the moment does it let's be honest but i think you know it, it's um yeah it used to was it was a week was a long time in politics. I think a day is a long time in politics. <laughs> yeah, so, so much can happen. Um, but to be honest, um, I sort of concentrate on you know what we've got here and now and what we can influence and what we can build. Um, you know, national politics is national politics uh, and very important. But uh, equally so, you know, we've got uh, the responsibility to all the residents in West Northamptonshire. So I think we've got to keep the eye on that particular ball um, and. Uh, to try and do our best. Mm. Do do does local politics sort of follow very much the same political lines as nationally? Uh, and I, when you're in the debating chamber, I guess a as the party in power, you can make lots of decisions, but you are challenged and scrutinised by the other parties as well. You know, in general, what's the mood? Is it combative? Is it collaborative? Um, I think it can be on occasion uh, combative. I, I would like it to be more collaborative. Um, you know, there's this, there's the theatre, if you like, of the of a council meeting, which is the ability for to ask difficult questions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at the end of the day, we need to to work together to get things done. Mm. Um, you know, if, if we if we spend all our time um, trying to score political points, you know, we we're taking our eye off the ball, and that's not the right thing to do. But <laughs> you know, it is politics, and you know, we can't pretend it isn't. And the public can attend these meetings, right? And they can have the right to speak. Absolutely, they can, and I would encourage anybody uh, to to come along to a to a, a council meeting, and I would willingly sit down with them before as well, you know, to give us a degree of reassurance. And it's great when people come to speak at um, a, a council meetings, whether it be a full council meeting or a cabinet meeting. Um, yeah, any involvement I think is really good, and I would absolutely encourage it. And, and anybody of all ages, you know, you've got a question, you've got a, something you want to say. Um, yes, it's a scary thing at first, but you know we don't bite, and we you know we're we're just men and women um, who care about where we live. Mm. Uh, so we would absolutely encourage people to come along. Is it still the case you get three minutes and no more than three minutes? Yes, I'm, I'm sure. Well, the, the, that is the, is the case. But if you if you 
I would say that the the chairman of the council in a full council meeting or the leader in in, uh, in cabinet meetings, you know, you're not going to be held to the billionth of a second on that. I mean, if you've got something to say, we're certainly not going to stop you saying it. <laughs> and we want to hear from people. You know, it's important that we hear from people. Well, I did it once, and it reminded me. We'll talk possibly just quickly um, to see the um, that David McIntosh was acquitted uh, after eight years of what must have been a terrible strain, you know, to live through that for eight years. But I did go to speak one day. I was told I had three minutes when David McIntosh was the leader. And blimey, I, I literally had, you know, two sentences left to say, including thank you. And at three minutes on the top, the buzzer went and I was stopped. Absolutely. So hopefully there's a little bit more tolerance. But that was an yes. in interesting experience. It, you know, makes you think very much if you've got three minutes and you want to get your, your points across. Um, yeah, David mm -hmm. McIntosh, is that something that uh, you've been following, I guess? Well, I've been following it. Obviously, it was uh, it was um, all over um, various um, uh, bits of um, media. Um, so, yeah, to a certain extent. But again, you know, I've got lots of things to do. Um, I'm not a historian. Um, and I, I want to be driving forward the, the, the good stuff that we're trying to get um, done here um, mm. rather than looking back. Um, but, uh, you know, we've you know, we got you mentioned um, the serious violence. I mean, we've got the serious violence duty that we are. As an authority um, um, involved in, um, and that's something which is, you know, that's statutory. It's in the law, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, those are the kind of things I want to be driving forward. And um, yeah, not look, happy not, to talk with you about that at a more at whatever stage. Yeah, and not look backwards. Now, just looking at the political scene, you know, you've said you you sort of, uh, and before we come on the radio, you know, so an ordinary bloke who cares, wanted, born and brought up in the county, wanted to get involved. I mean, at both the national and the local level, do we ask too much of our politicians in the sense that you're giving these areas of responsibility quite big and, you know, nobody can expect you to be an expert in all of these different things? I mean, is 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 this, and of course, just allied to that, a lot of people did come through the political system to, into the change for you from, um, from the old county council, et cetera, into unitary. So, you know, were lessons learned and... Are we asking too much, expecting you to be able to oversee all these things, you know, or the professionalism and the short termism, the electrical, uh, electrical, electoral cycle here, you know, with chopping and changing? I mean, is our system the best to service us for these well, issues? It, it doesn't work too badly. I mean, having a sell by date, doing what we're doing. So obviously with, with an election, you know, you know when they're coming. Um, so you, as I say, you've got a sell by date. But um Yes, it's a challenge. I think you know for 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 anybody to to pick up with any any one of the portfolios, but you do learn and you learn fast, and you've got great support from from the officers within the council. You know, it's in everybody's interest to make sure that it works, and uh, you've just got to spend the time. You've got to read the reports, um, you've got to do your own research. Um, you know, all those things. You know, anything. You're you're always student of, of, of student of the council, aren't you? When you come into it, and you've got to learn, and you've mm -hmm. got to learn fast. Mm. Um, you know, if you put yourself up for public office, you've got to be prepared to to put in the time um, and learn uh, and ask questions. You know, you're asking questions all the time, but, you know, but asking even more questions. And, you know, how many things can stand up a why three times of a why? Mm. 
So that almost that, uh, like I said, the students, right? There's no such thing as a silly question. And sometimes, you know, I've joined boards as a non-executive or school governor. I have no idea what's going on. So you really do come with that innocence to ask us what is a stupid question. But very often they go right to the heart of key issues, especially if you've got the paid professionals as the as the officers. Yes, that well, you, I, I couldn't couldn't argue with that. And, you know, from a business perspective as well, we know that if you start a business, if you're going to do it, if you're young or old, particularly if you're young, you know, your first business or businesses, you, know, you, you can have one moment's thought that you're going to fail. So you're, you're not interested in all the reasons why it won't work. You want to know all the reasons why it will work. Yeah. Um, and that 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 drive and, and to a degree ignorance uh, early on sometimes is, is a brilliant thing. You didn't think one moment you're going to fail. You just keep driving it forward. <laughs> okay. Well, any key messages for our um, listeners? And uh, you must, uh, David, share your contact details. They are in the public domain. So if anybody wants to follow up on any of these areas and you know look more closely at uh, david's area of responsibility or has some concerns indeed that as a citizen would like to um to to talk about um but yeah any key messages and what what's your contact detail well um again i'll give you the key give you my contact detail which is pretty simple so it's david.smith at westnorthants.gov.uk um but i'm easily found on on west north Hampshire's um uh, council's uh, website as an elected member mm-hmm. um I guess my, my message out there is, um, you know, if there's anything that sits within my portfolio or if it doesn't sit in my portfolio, happy to take a telephone call, uh, email. Often I, if I get an email, it's great. There's a telephone number on there so I can bring the person back because you can cover a lot of ground in a telephone conversation rather than worrying about how a, a, a nuance or whatever within an email. Um, so a great fan of picking up the phone and talking. Um, and as I say, you know, it's you know, I've got a broad portfolio. You know, if you feel you want to talk to Smithy rather than another cabinet member, please, you know, contact me, even if it's something on, on another subject. For example, I don't know, planning or something, always happy to um to, to listen and give some pointers and introduce to the relevant cabinet members. You know, it's very important. You know, certainly if anything comes across my desk, it's not, um, oh, no, it's not me. I will actually, you know, seek to, to direct the person um, to whom they may need to, to speak. Okay, we can't say further than that. So it's david.smith at westnorthants.gov.uk. Um, you can track him down through the westnorthants.gov.uk site. So last question then, you know, how do you re- relax? We've heard about your other business interests, but how do you relax hobbies and things um, and when, when you have time off? Well, I, I love to jump on my bike. That's great for headroom, that's for sure. Um, um, yeah, passionate cyclist. Um yeah, done it at a relatively high level, but have never, never competed. Uh, often people say to me, why don't you race, Dave? You say, well, because uh, I spend my life being competitive in my work. The last thing I want to do in my in my downtime is to um to go and be competitive again. Mm-hmm. Um, so cycling, you know, got family, of course, that are important. Love, love to cook uh, and have a keen interest in wine. Um, but, you know, a keen interest in in life to be honest and you know if you think of oh, what a ridiculous answer but no just a passion for life and um passion for people fantastic well thank you very much indeed for taking the time in your busy schedule to talk to us you've been listening to councillor david smith cabinet member for community safety and engagement and regulatory services at west north west northamptonshire council david uh, thank you so much keep safe keep well and uh, keep up the good work pleasure and you and if anybody would like to contact David, david.smith at westnorthants.gov.uk.